coming up on this episode. What you fear is the thing that's going to control you. If you fear man, you're going to be controlled by man. Mm. So if you fear the opinions and ideas of other people, right? Like if I feared your opinion of me walking into that gym, I would have operated differently. Right, right. But I, for the most part, don't care right. what you think of me. Mm -hmm. Which is so freeing because I could just be myself, who I am in Christ. I can be that because I don't care what you think of me. You're listening to the Pursuit of Purpose podcast. Wisdom, stories, and advice from successful entrepreneurs and inspirational people. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Pursuit of Purpose. My name is Chris Kiefer, and on this episode, I sit down with Aaron Smith. He is the man behind Husband Revolution, and with his wife, Jennifer, they run two additional platforms, Unveiled Wife and Marriage After God. In our conversation, we dive into Aaron and Jennifer Smith's backstory and talk about how they got started. In addition to that, we talk about their, quote, tool belt and this idea of a tool belt that we all have and carry with us, whether we know it or not. We talk about blending ministry and business. We also talk about how Aaron and Jennifer found their purpose through saying yes again and again, which after all is uh, the kind of main point of everything that I'm doing here with the podcast titled Pursuit of Purpose. And lastly, we touch on the latest book that Aaron and Jennifer have released called Marriage After God, which you can now buy on Amazon and through their website and whatnot. So we'll give you some details of that at the end. And as usual, all of the links and relevant uh, places to find the book and everything else we talk about can be found in the show notes. Now I just want to add some side commentary. This particular conversation was really incredible for me. And at one point it almost turned into a counseling session as Aaron kind of probed with some questions into a habit that I have of categorizing people based on uh, making judgments on what they look like and their appearance as opposed to their fruit. I think that we all have this uh, love of motivational quotes and the ideas of you know pursuing your dreams boldly and not caring what anyone else thinks of you. But in this conversation, I realized that my habit of judging others was causing me to fear that I was going to be judged by others if I live the life that I feel I'm called to. And I don't know if that really makes sense to anyone, but uh, maybe it will by the end of this episode. Uh, but I just, I love this conversation with Aaron. I'm really inspired by his confidence and who he is in Christ and that he doesn't really care what anyone else thinks of him, uh, which is something that I have struggled with for a long time, just being comfortable being me. So anyways, uh, without rambling too much more, Let's dive into this counseling session, I mean, conversation with Aaron Smith. Thank you, everyone, for joining us on another episode of The Pursuit of Purpose. My name is Chris Kiefer, and I am here today with Aaron Smith, a.k.a. Husband Revolution. Um, and yeah, I, we're actually recording at his podcast setup, so if this one sounds way better than my podcast <laughs> setup, I might have some work to do. Um, so anyways, yeah, thanks for joining us, Aaron. Thanks for having me. Um, I'm sure you tell people all the time or you have kind of your 60-second elevator pitch, but who are you and what do you do? My name is Aaron Smith. I've been married 12 years. Uh, we have currently have four kids. I'm sure more are going to come. Uh, we have been, my wife and I have been doing marriage ministry online as our main business for the last f seven years, uh, but we've been doing it longer um, and we write books on marriage and faith, and we encourage marriages to pursue God's will for their lives. 
that's kind of what we do. I'm trying to remember when I first met you, it was at uh, a, or Type 44 CrossFit in Bend, and my brother had just gotten me into CrossFit. I don't even, I vaguely, I, I don't remember how often we like cross paths, but I, it was at least once, might have been a couple times. But um, I vaguely remember meeting you, and I think I said, like, what do you do? And you said something like, I, um, I probably I said, like, we write books and do social media. Yeah, social media <laughs> yeah. content or something. And I was like, oh, nice. The, another another guy that does this stuff. But anyways, for everyone listening, the stuff that Aaron and his wife Jennifer put out, pretty it's very inspiring. So what was your background? And in particular, how does a couple that is doing such great work today at, like in, in marriage, how did you guys meet and how did this all come about? Uh, well, we went to the same high school, but we didn't know each other. I was a year ahead of my wife. In what state? In California. In California. Southern okay. California. Born and raised. Uh, and we didn't know each other in high school, but after I graduated and just around the time that she was graduating, we started going to the same Bible study. We had a lot of similar friends and similar similar circles and eventually started dating. We dated for about a year and a half. We're engaged for about six months, married. And then we went straight to Africa after getting married uh, for four months and then moved to Florida to do mission work. And that kind of started our story. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, and but so you got married ju- just after high school? No. Or was that- I, no, just we met oh, just, just I after gotcha. she got out of high school. Gotcha. Okay. Um, no, she was tw- just turned 21 when we got married and I was 23. Gotcha. So, okay. Uh but even before then, we did ministry together, doing youth ministry at our church, uh, even before we were dating, just as friends. So we've done, for, for probably 15 or more years, ministry together in various forms, or worked together in various forms. And so getting married, the, the whole goal was just like, hey, I want to get married, but I want what we do. Whatever we do, I want to do it together, and I want to do it for God. Mm. And so we had no plan of starting a marriage ministry or an online, you know, business where we write books and right, encourage right, marriages. Right. That wasn't. Then the, there was no way to the know stuff that, that you're doing happening. now, there's a lot of, and in your millennial, the you have a lot of skills that I feel like are more uh, commonplace. But at the same time, there's a lot of technical knowledge and whatnot in running a podcast and a YouTube channel and yeah. publishing and selling online e-commerce websites. Like where does, where, <laughs> where does, does all that, that come from? Yeah. Where does that come Man, from? Uh, so my wife and I have this term we call our tool belt and it's the, it's the, all of the things in your life. It's the experiences, it's the relationships, it's the resources, it's the education. It's all of the things that make up who you are that God wants to use for what he's doing. And so over the years, like, so I have my bachelor's degree in graphic design, video, 3D animation. Uh, I went into the mission field to do that web or video, video production and stuff for, for uh, missionary work. And then while I was there, started building websites. And while we were doing that, we did a new, an, an email newsletter and a blog to update our family and friends about our missionary adventures. Uh, so we got experience in that. And then when we moved back to California, we started a photography business to get out of debt. And so we had these skills that we learned in business and marketing through photography and and doing Facebook marketing. And then I got a job uh, at a Christian clothing company, the largest in the world that no longer exists. But back then it was called C2A and NOTW. And I did web development and social media marketing and eventually t-shirt design for them. And then 
you know, so you can just see these like stepping stones, we call them, but they're, t- they're tools that get put in our tool belt that all culminated into, you know, the knowledge that we needed to do the things that God's asking us to do. Right, so right. Starting this, no, I mean, as I'm blogs. smiling listening to you say this, because the your resume on paper is like, um, I, I feel like there's some similarities in my background, but I frequently will wonder like, why in the world am I here in this place, in this job, or doing this thing with this client, or learning mm-hmm. this thing, or beating my head into the wall because I can't figure out how to update this particular piece of the website, and then I figure something out, and I add and a little bit of more knowledge, yeah. and then people will ask questions like, oh, actually, I know how to do that, you know? And it's just some random thing that happened in my life that has, you know, added some additional yeah. value. But that's cool. So um, you are, and I'm sure Jennifer has, what, you're more of like the, the tech guy? Yeah. Does she have other things? She's always wanted to, to be a writer. She's, okay. she's, she's a writer. That's just her. She likes to, to talk with, with written words. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when we were dating, I gave her a, a journal as a gift for her. I think it was her birthday. And in the front of it, I wrote a letter and I just said, you know, you're going to be a writer one day and God's going to use that skill. Now, I didn't know we were going to become authors and write all these books. And But it's just awesome when we pursue God, when we say everything I have is yours, Lord, and we're going to just try and be faithful and take the next step. And we're going to, you know, the plans are in the heart, but the, the Lord directs the steps. And we just said yes. and And we said yes over and over and over again which again is the message of the marriage after God book, you know, saying yes to God with your marriage and the things he's given you. And, and so the blogging was a, that, that starting the unveiled wife blog, which it was the first site we started in this ministry of marriage uh, was out of a necessity to give something to Jennifer to help her process things we were going through in our marriage. And I said, why don't you write about it? And we, we, we knew how to blog and it was my way of practicing things that I was learning and, you know, marketing and building and, mm-hmm. and then, you know, it, we started sharing about it and people liked it and we were getting encouraged by it, inspired by it and, and like eyes opened by it. And, and that was just kind of like the beginning was just her using her natural talents and skills to deal with and cope and, and figure out what we were going through. And so that or her writing was like the beginning of present day business that you guys now have yes. correct ministry yeah. that you're in they're both it's a business and a ministry yeah, yeah. which is actually another thing that i'm fascinated about and that. i'm super struck like i struggle greatly with this idea of being in ministry which um i feel like there's a lot of stereotypes that i inject into that word and then the um but the, also the frustration that i see with a lot of religious organizations or just people that have these wonderful goals and and things, ways they want to impact the world, and they forget that you have to run a viable business to mm. exist beyond any you know length of time and have a family yeah. and you know provide for them and all that stuff. So, um, I mean, why, why don't we? I am curious in general with that as like a an opening topic. Have you guys gone through any um, internal struggles or realization or um, absolutely evolution in your train of thought of what it is that you're doing and how you think about it? Yeah, we didn't make a we didn't make any money for the first four years. No, sorry, first yeah, about three three years of doing this. We, we and we would so my wife had a full time job. I had a full time job. We launched it right around having our first child. And we, cause why not? Just, cause why not? Yeah. <laughs> and we, um, wrote our first book right around the same time as, uh, having our first child. 
And um, so my timelines are actually a little off on that, but it's okay. So we launched and then we right around the t- time launching our first um, book, we had our first child and we, we didn't start it to make money. We didn't start this thing to, to make it, make money off of it. There was options we had. We could have put ads on our blog and we tried it a few times and I didn't like it. Like we'd be writing about marriage and then there would be an ad for divorce court on the side. And I'm like, or tarot cards or whatever it is. And I'm like, I don't like this. This is like the opposite of what we're trying to accomplish with this blog. And so we could have probably made money way early on just because of the kind of traffic we started getting. And we opted not to because we didn't want it to get in the way of, um, what we were doing. So, uh, what happened was we were like, okay, we're growing this thing. I had a full-time job. She had a full-time job. Then we'd work several hours every night and in the morning and sometimes in the middle of the night just to, to do this thing. We loved it. We, uh, what we weren't going to stop. We weren't trying to build a business. We were trying to build a ministry. We were trying to share what God was, had put on our hearts and it. We could not share about it. And so there was a point in time where we're like, well, why don't we try and like, we launched a t-shirt you know, something I, I was working at a company that I made t-shirts and it, and I since had left the, there and I was like, well, t-shirts have worked for that last company. It could work for us. And that was our first time ever making money. And this was like almost four years into this. It was like three, three years, three and a half years. And we're like, oh, okay. So people want this. It was an, it was an inspirational shirt. It said, I love my husband. That was the first shirt we launched. And it was like, it was a positive message about marriage. You don't hear that very often anymore. That kind of terminology just outwardly spoken. And it did really well and people loved it and we made money and it, f- it felt weird making money. Uh, and then we launched our books. Our first book was the, the Wife After God devotional. And that was when we first came into conflict with this idea of ministry and money and business and right. And my wife was afraid to post about the book. Like we just spent all this time and energy self-publishing a book, a devotional that we believed was going to help wives understand their roles and their and their position in, in their home and what God thinks of them and how God wants them to think about their marriage and how to love their husbands. And and we're like, a, she's like afraid, I'm afraid that we're like, well, what, what are people going to think? Are they going to judge us for wanting to make money off this book? And like you said, if we don't make money off the book, if we don't have a viable business, it we can't sell that book. We can't, no one will get the book. And we had people tell us like, well, why are you selling this? Why didn't you give it for free? Okay. If we give it for free there, no one gets the book because we can't. Yeah. Where's the money coming? Where's from? the money coming from? So yeah. the fact that people buy the book allows us to keep making the book because we do everything. We can, we print them all. We, we, we publish it all. And so it, at the end of the day, you just kind of be like, well, either we want to do either people want it or they don't. And I'm right. we're, we're going to just trust God and we're going to mm-hmm. make this thing and we're going to believe in it. And, we're not going to cheat people and we're going to do things right. We're going to be wise with our, with what we make and we're going to be honoring with it and we're going to invest it well. And, and you know what? We give books away a lot. People right. often say they can't afford when we give them a book. Now we right. can't, we don't do that for everyone, but, um, there's, we've given a lot of books away, but that doesn't matter. Like how many books we give away doesn't allow us to, to make money on the, the rest of the books. That's not how it works. That's a, a wrong mentality. And we just kind of had to get to this point of, well, Either God did give us skills that we could use to benefit our family and benefit the world or not. Mm-hmm. And either we are allowed to be good stewards of the resources that he's given us or we're not. And that's how we look at it. Everything's his. It's not like we look at the money as ours. We look at the, the sales as ours and all everything that is this business ministry has turned into. Like it's not ours. Mm-hmm. It's God's and we're, we're trying to serve him. And um, so at the end of the day, every decision we make, we should be honoring God with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I think that 
Um, the book that you're talking about, is that the 31 Prayers? Was that the first no, book? No, that wasn't the first book. It was Wife After God. It's right up there. Ah, yeah. uh, okay. And then when did the 31 Prayers for Husband and Wife come out? Those came a year or two later. Okay, and yeah. how? so how many years ago was would the first book have been, and then that Ooh. the second ones? Uh, I think the first book came out in 2013. Okay. And then 2015... Um, and then we had another book, uh, it's a traditionally published book, the unveiled wife which, through Tyndale. And then we did the 31 prayers book at the same time. We did both of them, the husband and wife book. And then we did, uh, 31 prayers for future husband and wife at the mm. same time. And then we did 31 prayers for my son and daughter at the same time. And those all launched various times, different years. Nice. So <clears throat> the reason I'm curious about that one particular book is this is how, this is the story of where where we interacted or crossed paths. But when we got married, um, so we've been married for four years, and I think it was about a year into our marriage, um, Natalie came, you know, or just told me, she was like, hey, I just ordered these books online. There's this, there's this uh, Instagram person I follow or blog or something, yeah. Unveiled Wife. And she has these books. So I was like, cool, like, what are they? And so she, we get them delivered, and it was this the 31 uh, prayers for my wife and husband, respectively. And um, so we started, we went through that um, booklet together. And um, I, I remember looking on the back of the book, and it said, there was like the logo that said Husband Revolution. Yeah. And I was like, hmm, interesting. And then like I, I didn't look any further into that, but it, but in my mind I was like that's kind of a cool name and the logo was Thanks. cool. It was like <laughs> husband revolution, interesting. And then um, and I don't remember. Did you have a picture of yourself on the book? Yeah, there's or a in picture the of me on the book. Yeah, because I don't remember. You didn't have a beard in the in the picture, did you? I or do. Did yeah. You? So I, I must not have processed. I, <laughs> I must not have processed the like who you were necessarily. I just remember husband revolution. Yeah. Anyways, long story short, we jump to. We moved to Central Oregon, and my brother talks me into doing CrossFit. He stayed, was staying with us for the summer, and we joined Type 44 for three months. And um, we were both working in um, Bend. And I remember working out at Type 44, and we, like Aaron and I, had partnered up for a workout or something. Oh, or yeah, I said, it was like a partner workout. Say, yeah, I said, you know, we're chit chatting and whatnot. And that's when he said, oh, yeah, I do marketing or social media or something. And I was like, interesting. Because for <laughs> those of you that are, yeah, yeah. For, those, for those of you that are, that are listening, this guy I. It looks real familiar. I don't know why I know. But I don't even, I didn't even, all I remember thinking was, this guy's kind of intimidating. Because you have this beard, oh, and yeah. you're like, you know, you're at the My CrossFit gym. I, I was like brand new to the CrossFit world, so you were like, for all I knew, you could have been like a CrossFit athlete. I was just like the yeah, the weak, like embarrassing, like, you know, self-conscious about every move that I was doing. And anyways, I I remember thinking, like, wow, this guy, like, he's pretty tough and just like a cool-looking guy, right? Mm-hmm. And then I left. Appearances the, can be very deceiving. <laughs> yeah. Now I know. Now I know the truth. But <laughs> oh, yeah. I left. I left the Not gym. Tough. Not yeah, exactly. I left the gym and was looking at Type 44's Instagram page, and they had tagged you in a workout, and it said "Husband Revolution" as the Instagram oh, thing. And all of a sudden, you. I was like wait a minute. And so then I went back to my nightstand, pulled out the book that I had read like a year ago and was like, the guy that I just worked out with is the <laughs> author of the book that my wife and I read. That's and really we, we totally like, Small you could have been anywhere. Yeah. And yeah. we were, both happened to be in central Oregon. So my question, there is a question at the end of this monologue. How I feel like you, um, 
as a and this is kind of a a superficial thing, but I think there's there's some interesting like things to think about. But like I said, you are you are a your appearance led me to make all these um, assumptions yeah. that basically like never in my wildest dreams would I have thought that this really strong, tough, like cool guy was the guy that wrote the book that my wife bought for me to pray for her. Yeah. And so I'm curious, like, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. What, what, do, what do you make of that? <laughs> what, know, what do you man, think of uh, that? Thank you. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah. I, the Bible tells, like, God tells um, Samuel when he's when he's going to the, the sons um, of Jesse to find the new king. And he's looking at all these men, like, really handsome men, really good-looking men, really strong men. And he's like, none of these have I chosen? And then he calls David the youngest. And he's like, you know, God looks at the, man looks at the outside appearance. God looks at the heart. And so we, that's what we do. Man, that we, our, na- our natural tendency is to look at physical appearances, the way we dress, the way we do our hair, the way we look, and to make judgments quickly off that. And that could be good and, and, and have its right place. But you really don't know someone until you, you see fruit in their life and what, what that fruit is. And so like you, like you said, you, you had one perception of me, but that was only off of like a 45-minute you know, time with being with me. Right. Yeah, exactly. And then when you realize things that, you know, you, you were reading this book and you're like, Oh, like he's actually not the person I assumed he was. He's somewhat, something totally different. And, uh, I think it's just a good lesson in, uh, giving people time. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, the other thing that my takeaway, cause I was thinking about this is basically I would look at you as someone that has natural influence. So like a natural leader. And I remember yeah. in my, my dad, uh, growing up, Cause I'm uh six foot six now, but my dad was six three yeah, and, <laughs> and he always told me, um, and I now like as studying like parent parenting psychology and whatnot, uh, direct definition is the term that I'm about to describe. I don't think my dad knew anything about this, but he always told me, Chris, you are going to be a leader because you're tall and people are naturally going to like physically have to look up to you. So you are naturally going to be a leader. And he would, he told me this when I was like in second or third grade, like tripping over my shoes that were too big for me and couldn't catch a pass because my hadn't grown into my body. But he, I remember him consistently saying this and I, again, direct, direct, he directly was defining who I was, who I believed I was, whether or not yeah. it was true at the time. And I, I do believe that that impacted um, who I became. But the one thing that he always said was, you can choose to lead people to good things, or you can use this like gift that God has given you to, you know, make fun of the other kids in class or whatnot. And at the yeah. time, you know, this is very, we're talking about elementary school, yeah, but, the but it was, he was whole, yeah. he was trying to point out like, are you going to use your, you know, if you want to call it popularity or influence, uh, the, to the natural things that God gave you. Exactly. Like, yeah. This natural influence and so taking this little nugget from my dad, I feel like, uh, what I am thinking about is unfortunately in our world, there's not a lot of men that are as comfortable in their faith and um, being as honest as you and well, you and your wife are in your marriage. Right. And uh, it's not like 99% of the time, it's not that, and I should clarify, it's not like Aaron was a jerk at the gym. It was just like there was another guy who's like focused right. on his health. Mm-hmm. And in your mind, 
like usually those types of people are, and even the the people at the gym, it's not that they're bad people. They just don't care about faith or their spiritual journey. Yeah, maybe like we, we, yeah, we, yeah, and we don't, we don't know. know. Yeah. So, anyways, that's that was my thing. Is like you, I feel like you have an opportunity, or you have taken the opportunity of being um, a normal guy and really diving in and pursuing your own um, spiritual journey with your wife, which I think is. Yeah. After realizing all this, it's like it was like a call out of I need to kind of step up and be more comfortable in my own faith and be comfortable just saying like yeah this is who I who I am. Well, so what I hear you saying is that there's this uh, dichotomy between you know we have influence in our life and we can choose to use it to influence negatively or positively. I would I would venture to say that. I don't believe many men intentionally negatively influence people. I'm sure there are plenty of people that do that. Like they, they're going out of their way to pull people down, to hurt people. But most men that I've noticed, um, they don't recognize the influence that they do have. We all have influence as men and women. Every, every single human being has influence. There, there's a sphere of influence in your life. And to think that you don't, is how what most people think. I actually don't have an influence and therefore I can be, I could just go with the flow and no one's going to be affected by my life choices. No one's going to be affected by the way I am. No one's going to be affected by the things I say is false. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Like I think just that's because you're six, six doesn't give you any more influence. There is going to be a responsibility, you know, that, that your dad said, like you're tall and people are going to look up to you. Therefore there's going to be this natural affinity to me, make me think like, Oh, he's, above me or I can follow this guy or whatever it is. But in reality, until we recognize that we are influential Mm -hmm. and whether we are intentionally leading someone astray or negatively influencing them, either we are intentionally positively influencing them towards Christ or we are passively influencing them the other way. Mm, Yeah. That's usually the, so either you're not intentionally influencing anyway, which is going to negatively influence people. Unless yep. your life is intentional about the kind of example you're leading. Right? right, right. Yeah, passive or in our world today, if you're not being intentional, you're probably going down a path that's not beneficial for you or others. So an example in our everyday, like, so this is, but it's always been this way. So an example would be, um, I, I love God. I'm a dad. I got kids and I come home and I'm, I'm just watching TV and I'm not thinking like anything. I'm not trying to negatively influence my kids. I'm not trying to tell them not to love God. I'm not trying to tell them not to get in the word of God. And then one day my kids grow up and they, they don't love God and they don't have, they don't read their Bibles and they don't know anything. And I'm like, well, what's I thought God was going to take care of this. When in reality, because I'm being lazy and I'm not intentionally opening my word and being in the word of God before them or reading it to them and teaching it to them, I'm influencing them that way. Mm. And so the, the past, instead of thinking I'm, maybe I'm not responsible for that or me doing this isn't going to negatively affect them and just kind of doing your own thing. We do, we affect people. Yeah. Um, no, I think that's yeah. a good, I think that's a good, uh, I like the way that you said that basically it's not, uh, everyone has influence and, um, whether or not you want to accept it as a, um, and acknowledge that you do. Um, there might be different spheres of influences, but everybody has a impact on the world. 
And like, are you going to have that be a net positive or a net negative, you know, from yeah. not doing, not really trying? Yeah. And, and the, and the word of God, it doesn't give us any room to, to not be intentional about the kind of influence we're leading. Like that's the whole purpose of being a Christian mm-hmm. is we are Christ-like. Being Christ-like means you act like Christ. You can't passively act like Christ. You have to pursue the, mm. that life. You have to, you have to think the way he thinks. You have to read what he has said and say, oh, I'm going to do that thing. I'm going to do right, that. Right. When it tells us how to lead our children, when it tells us how to teach them and, and disciple them, that's not something that someone else is going to do. And actually, it is something someone else is going to do, but it's not going to be the way you want. Right, right. It's not right. going to be discipling for the Lord. The world's going to take their hearts. Right. And that's just in the parenting realm. But what about our wives? Mm-hmm. You know, how are we leading our wives? How are we pa- loving them intentionally? How are we showing, washing them by the word? How are we encouraging them? And inspiring them and, and pointing them back to Christ on a daily basis. Uh, you know, how are we doing that with our friends and our, our fellowship with our brothers and sisters in Christ? Are we intentionally going to them and loving on them and, and showing them what the word of God says and, and living it in our life so we're not hypocrites? Right. Um, doing nothing is an influence. Mm. You know, there's a lot yeah. of people doing nothing. There's a lot of people thinking that they have no responsibility for their actions and that they're only responsible for themselves, but that's not true. You know, when you read the story of Cain and Abel, the first two, you know, the sons of Adam and Eve, uh, Abel brought a pleasing sacrifice an offering. Cain brought, you know, something that God wasn't pleased with. And because of Cain, uh, Abel's righteousness, Cain killed him. Mm. Right. And then God goes to Cain and says, where's your brother? And he's like, I'm not my brother's keeper. And the, the, the point is, is he was actually, he cares about us as brothers and sisters in Christ in this world, caring about where other people are at and that we are actually aware of what we're doing. And what's funny about that story is he actually like did kill his brother. He knew exactly where he was at and he knew where his body was at and knew where the blood was at. And so are we being intentional about the influence we have in our life? And like, even at the gym, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Um, even though I'm not like at the gym doing what I do on line, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I still have an influence. Right. Right. Like you said, I wasn't being a jerk, but like I, did I make you feel, you know, less than me? Did I make you feel equal with me? Did I encourage yeah. you? Like, how how am I mm-hmm. in my everyday walk? And it's not just based on appearance because appearances last for a second, mm-hmm. and then the truth comes out. Yeah, like yep. you you can have a first impression, but first impressions are rarely true. Right. Um, well, no, and I should clarify you. That's the that's the thing is that there was nothing. Uh, you you are a very genuinely interested and like friendly person, friendlier than the other people that I had encountered in my like I had been there. It's just it's one of those things you you expect kind of uh, the so the social like um, acceptance that comes from just being consistent. Like if you show up one day and leave, you're obviously not going to have very many relationships. But I do remember you being um, it wasn't anything crazy. It was just mm-hmm. like just a friendly guy. And I was like, huh, like, you know, when I saw you walk in the gym, I, w- I wasn't a- expecting, um, uh, I don't know. It's, a, I feel like a, so judgmental saying this, but basically okay. like now, now, now that I, what I know that what you've done, it was just kind of a reminder of like, uh, like you said, how important it is to, um, to really, uh, kind of keep a blank slate for everybody until you actually know them. Well, and that's what the Bible teaches us is that we don't know people by their appearance. We know people by their fruit. 
Mm-hmm. And fruit is the things that come out of our lives, out of our mouths, out of our right. actions. And and so that, for those that are listening, that's kind of what, how we should look at people. Right, right. By their fruit. Like, well, you say, because here's the other thing. Like, you could have easily known me through, through my books and my online uh, ministry and then saw a completely different person. Right. Right? Yeah. yeah. So what's the fruit? Mm-hmm. The fruit's what you s- saw. Right. Not this other thing that I present and curate over here. Right, right. And that's that's where that's what hypocrisy is. Mm. You know, like I say I'm one thing but I do another. Right. Yeah, you should see Aaron at the gym totally. <laughs> oh, he's totally different. Yeah. Right, I right, hope right. that's not the case. It's no, no. Totally yeah, possible. I'm not, not perfect. <laughs> <laughs> um so moving uh if I could I feel like uh, there's things that I'm saying, and this is like putting my foot in my mouth, just making me realize all these things that I have to work on, which ties into (laughs) the next question, surprisingly, which is something like my, the question is, do you, have you always been this comfortable speaking about um, who you are? And I think that the thing that I also admire about you is that like at at the gym, when we met, there's... um, everybody has come across the people that are standing on the corners, you know, like you're going to hell and they're just like shouting at people, you know, and there is a time and a place to be open about our spiritual journey and who we are and what we believe. And I feel like, um, the, at least my experience, and that's why I enjoy finding people like you online that are very, um, vocal but also in a way that's like you can choose to follow this person. But I'm sure like when you're at the grocery store, you are still a Christian man, but you're not like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm Aaron Smith. I wrote this book about, you know, praying for your wife or whatever. And, and you know what I'm saying? There's like the there's the <laughs> yeah, way that you that you present yourself as a caring, like as a follower of Christ um, in public. And then there is a and I feel like sometimes people use the excuse and i could say i probably do this of you know um god saying that um or the bible saying that you shouldn't um you know um like when you're fasting uh you know wash your face and and be um yeah don't present yourself right don't look at me i'm gloomy yeah exactly not over drawing attention to yourself but i feel like that um, and I'm so terrible. That's one thing in following you. I'm like, man, I need to read the Bible more. But um, I do know that there are those things that we read that are like, you know, pray in um, in your room, in, in like the private of your mm-hmm. own home. Don't stand on the corner like the hypocrites and like shout out your prayers. Yeah. But people use that as an excuse to be like, oh, I don't talk about my faith at all. And that's, I don't, yeah. I don't think that's right. Well, and, that, and the, the context of that is Jesus is telling us to not, make our faith just a, th- a public display. Me, right. and what, what that means is like on the outside, I'm this, you, you, all you see is this holier than thou Christian. I'm, I'm righteous. And like, look at me doing all these good things. And, and he's saying, no, 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 make it like, if it's not real, hmm. right. Cause the only place it, it's not, he's not saying that the only place you're allowed to pray is in your closet quietly pre- without anyone ever knowing. Hmm. Because we're called to pray in public meetings, you mm. know, gathering with the brothers and sisters. So that point that Jesus is making is don't be a hypocrite. Like mm. don't go out and just make your 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 uh, your faith, your belief, a display. A public show, right. And then go back and have your private life that's Yeah, different. and you have your private sin and, you, you know, I, oh, I'm going to tell everyone else how to be, but I'm going to be this over here. Mm. He's saying, no, like 
make it real. Like, would you sit in a closet and pray because you know God's listening? Or are you only doing it in public because you want other people to hear it? Right. Like right. that, like mm-hmm. who are you praying to? Yeah. Um, but on the other side of what your question was of, have I always been this vocal? Yes. Uh, when I got saved when I was 17 and a half, uh, he radically changed my life. And I, I just started telling people that, that cause they saw a difference in me mm. in, in high school. It was my senior year and my friends and the people that I saw me, people that didn't even like me mm. saw, a, I was just different the way I talked, the way I acted, which is what should happen in a Christian's life. Mm-hmm. Like the Bible tells us to be look, to look different. It wasn't just a display. It wasn't like I was just trying to show off. I, cause I didn't actually care what anyone thought. Mm. Um, I wasn't looking for anyone's attention. I wasn't looking for anyone's approval. I was just being who Christ was making me to be. And so I've always been that way. Um, I would say I've, I've toned down a little bit and I actually have to like pray and ask God for, as Paul does, you know, for more boldness, mm. <laughs> uh, which you probably thinking like, you have this big old mystery. How are you not bold? Like there's plenty of times that I'm, I'm not bold. And I, I just say, okay, Lord, well, I want to be more bold. What do you mean by that? Do you have an example of that? Yeah. Uh, speaking out against the stuff that's going with abortion, um, speaking out like these things that, that politically are charged. Yeah. Um, and to yeah. be honest, like I, I need more boldness sometimes. Mm. And I've been, I've been trying to walk in some boldness because there are believers that are going to be deceived by all of this. And I think we have a, I don't think, I know we have a, a responsibility as brothers and sisters in Christ to protect each other and to help each other. And if it means that I post a, a little thing that reminds a Christian that's thinking about abortion, I'm like, well, like maybe it's not a big deal. And it snaps them out of that. And they, they hear the truth in that moment. Mm. That's what God wants. He wants us to follow the truth. Right, so right. there's times I need more boldness. Right. I, I couldn't give you more. I don't know much more examples, but right. No, that's a perfect plenty uh, of times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, and I think that's the the reason I'm asking these questions is because in my own life I feel, um, and again I feel like as I'm having this conversation I'm realizing all this stuff about me, hmm. um, and that is praise God. Yeah, <laughs> and well, that is that my uh, qu- my quickness to judge or to make assumptions is what's holding me back in being um, comfortable. Mm-hmm. And even, I mean, honestly, this podcast is one of those things where there's like, you know, supposedly 80 downloads an episode at this point, you know? So awesome. it's like, no, there, you, there's very few people that are listening and, and I don't know them. Like I, it, there's like some benefit to me in, or like some uh, consolation at this stage that I can make this podcast and whoever the hell out there is listening Mm. great but you don't really know who i am and i don't have to like talk about this to all of the people that i went to high school with or to my college friends i don't um i'm not trying to promote it to for them to hear Mm. it if that makes sense and that's not a good thing i'm saying but i'm uh i feel like the thing that i struggle with is being comfortable being fully christian in our world because if I, you know, I've even like debated with the titles of episodes and whatnot, and I've had other um, Christian people on this podcast, but I've also had just like random entrepreneurs and, you know, people that do um, tricking and backflips and they have no, like they're, they're completely, it's not that they're against that, but they just, that's not, they don't talk about it. And that's not what the episode's focused on. Mm -hmm. So I struggle with like, if I were to come out and make this a Christian podcast, like, what are people going to think of me or what what stereotypes, what stereotypes come with that? What what do you you want people to think of you? 
Um, do you want them to know you as a Christ follower? Do you want them to know that that's who you represent or, or you want them to know that it's all it's something you've done in your own strength and it's your own abilities and it's your own knowledge and wisdom. And yeah, I, no, I feel like I, at the end of the day, like one thing that I think about a lot is like my funeral. I think about death a lot. That's how I actually got saved was thinking about my death mm-hmm. my and, and just thinking about what do I want the eulogy about me to that was be exactly you know? the, what the Lord brought to my attention. He said, what are you, what are people going to say about you? Yeah. Not my eulogy. What are people going to say? Yeah. And how, who's going to be there? Right. Cause the eulogy can be all fancy, but what are, what are like the people thinking that are mm-hmm. there? Who shows up? So Who made you, time in you, their day? you know, in your heart, what God wants for you, don't you? You have this like draw, you know what he's drawing out of you and it's terrifying to you because you, what, what's the greatest commandment? Do you know what Jesus says the greatest commandment is? Mm, no other gods before me? Sort of. That, so the, the, that's the first of the Ten Commandments. The, but he says, the greatest commandment is this. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Mm. And love your neighbor as yourself. There's something powerful in that idea of loving your neighbor as yourself. How do you love yourself? Right? So you just said, I have this struggle I, the, because I judge people and you, the way you judged me, I think that's holding you back. And what that mm-hmm. means is you loving you loved me that day at the gym the mm-hmm. same way you love yourself in judgment. You looked at me and you looked at my appearance and you you assumed a lot about me. Mm-hmm. And it's the same way you look at yourself. Yeah. You put yourself in the same categories and you're like, well, I'm 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 this, I'm this, I'm this, I'm this. Yeah. And you've judged yourself, and that's why you're you're that's why you're concerned about what others are gonna label you as. Right. That's why your concern is what it means if you put your put this name on your on yourself. And so in the same way you love yourself, you love others. You loved me exactly how you love yourself. Mm. You looked at me through the same lens you look at yourself. When you look in the mirror, you've labeled yourself something. Right, right. You've judged yourself a certain way and you walk that way. And you're afraid what it means if you change that label. Mm. Okay? Yeah, yeah. But what are you? Are you a Christian? Mm-hmm. Okay. So that means you're a Christ follower. That means you're Christ-like. That means you are pursuing his ways and his purposes. That means your label is now his label. Nothing else. Right, right. So we can talk business for a second. Until you can identify who you are, your podcast isn't going to go nowhere. Right. Okay. There's a book called Essentialism. Right. And it's this idea that what's essential is the most important thing. And all the other things are non essential unless boiled down to the most essential thing. Anytime I've done any sort of marketing or business, if you have too many options, too many things you're doing and you're not focused on anything, Mm -hmm. then you're focused on nothing. Right. 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 Same with blogging. You know, what's, what's the niche, you know, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, there's a a, a quote that says niches, niches make riches. Mm -hmm. That's not my, my quote. (laughs) That's not how I live, but Niches, the idea of like, who are you? Are you a Christian and this other thing? Are you trying to live in multiple worlds and therefore you feel like you're going nowhere? Mm-hmm. You know, as the, the author of the book says, he says, you know, um, a millimeter of, of movement in a thousand different directions, or you can go miles of movement in one direction. Mm. So you feel like you're being torn and like you have, you, you already identified in yourself the way you view yourself. The, the trick is, who are you and what are you doing? And who are you doing it for? Right. And until you can figure that out, Chris, like you're not doing it for anyone. Right, right. You're doing it for someone else and what they think of you. In our book, The Marriage After God, um, I say in there like, you know, what you fear is the thing that's going to control you. If you fear man, you're going to be controlled by man. Mm. So if you fear the opinions and ideas of other people, 
right? Like if I feared your opinion of me walking into that gym, I would have operated differently. Right, right. And I'm going to be honest, I don't remember fully that day. Yeah, yeah. But I, for the most part, don't care right. what you think of me. Mm-hmm. Which is so freeing because I could just be myself, who I am in Christ. I can be that because I don't care what you think of me. Mm. And it frees me up to love you like right. that. I don't have to th- care about what you think about me. I, all I have to care about is what I think of you. Right. All I have to care about is what Christ thinks of you and how I am to treat my brothers and sisters and, and, and my neighbors. And so it frees me to have this thought of who, have this knowledge of who I am. Mm. And I'm fine with being labeled a Christian because I want to be like Christ. And one day I want to stand before him and he's the only opinion that matters in my life. Right. Now, there are definitely times that I'm afraid. There's definitely times that my fears get misplaced. And I question if I should say something or what I should do because my flesh, I, I, have, a, I have a body that is that, and I have a mind that gets confused and clouded and I have to be reminded often mm-hmm. of the truth. And so I just want to encourage you to love yourself the way you want others to love you. Right, right. Which is the golden rule, right? Love others as you would like to be loved, treat others as you like to be treated. Mm-hmm. And you can only do that when you fully have your identity in Christ. Right. When you finally say, okay, Lord, like I'm yours. I'm going to honor your word. I'm going to get dig into what you've said. And I'm fine with being labeled with you. Because mm. if you don't want to be labeled with him, Jesus says, if you don't, if you deny me before man, I'm going to deny, deny you before my father. So what do you want, Chris? This is about you right now. Right, <laughs> Sorry, right, right, right. didn't mean to turn it around, but no, trying to encourage you. This is a good and, counseling session, free of charge. Yeah, free of charge. <laughs> oh, no, there's a bill coming. Oh, okay. oh just kidding. Um, no, but I think that the... So I, I, I'm processing everything that you're saying, and I feel like the here's another thing for you to help me debunk. But I feel like I'm my justification, and I think that it's an I think it's an excuse. But I think that there may be something to pay attention to, is that I've always thought um, there are plenty of people out there that are like Christian speakers or authors. Yeah, a lot of them. And there's not or like what I. I feel like I have a lot of friends that are not Christian. Um, they're not bad people. They're just kind of mm. what like uh, indifferent to religion at this point. Nothing right. has happened significant in their life that has like affected them in a way to really like think about what their death is going to be like or whatever it is. But um, I guess I part of me is like if I can be a like if I don't label myself as this, like I am a Christian podcaster or a Christian (laughs) author. And if I'm just a podcaster, but then everything in my podcast happens to be pointing people to that because I'm, Mm -hmm. I I do feel like, and that's the other thing is that it's not that I am living one life online and then at home I'm Christian or vice versa. I'm just kind of like, I'm not that active online and I don't say right. things that maybe I should, or even like, um, in when I come across people that I don't know very well, I'm just very, um, silent in certain areas whenever there's an opportunity potentially to bring that up. And I, and I feel like the excuse, if this is an excuse that I'm using is I don't want to alienate people before they have a chance to know who I am, but I don't, but then when I dive into that, it doesn't, it kind of falls apart. Yeah. So going back to our earlier conversation of passive influence, you're hoping to influence people passively. 
like you're intentionally and passively influencing people. You said like, it's not like I'm different, you know, on my podcast or in the real world as I am at home, Mm -hmm. which tells me you're not being a Christian at home either. (laughs) You're being passive at home in your faith, which is probably the most important place that you should be active and influential is towards your children, towards your wife. Right. Mm Because they're going to benefit from the fruit of that. Right. And, uh, it starts there. Right. Like that's the, that's the main focus. It's not like it's worth anything. If you go and be this awesome, amazing Christian podcaster and influence millions and millions of people and go speak at all these conferences and your wife and children are like, well, where are we? Who are we? Right. Right. So do you, do you actually believe that you'll be able to passively influence other people to Christ? Is that even the goal? Mm. Because right now it sounds like the goal is like, you don't want to alienate people from knowing you which goes back to how you see yourself and the, that love that you have for yourself mm-hmm. and the love you have for others is you're afraid of maybe rejection or... Um, yeah, and it's like what you said. I would say things that I'm... If I'm like, so what are you afraid of, Chris? It's like that I have to vocalize. I'm actually really not okay with the law that passed in New York, and I'm not okay with the fact that we can now yeah. have abortions. And that like, who do I say that to? And then all the people that are like, oh, well, you don't support women. It's like, um, no, actually, that's not like, the opposite let's have a for, real yeah. conversation. But then, yeah. then if I dig deeper into that, the fear is that I will say something that I believe and I don't have the actual knowledge to have an intellectual yeah. discussion because I'm not someone to be like, Oh, well, no, you're stupid. You don't know. Right. What you're st- like, I'm not going to get into that sort of argument, but I yeah. want so badly to be able to speak truth to people when I feel like right now, all I can do is be like, but that's not okay. Like, are, don't mm-hmm. you guys, can't you guys agree? And people are like, no, I actually support this because I'm pro-choice and that is better right. for women. And it's like, no, I, I, I don't know why, but no, like, well, and, you know what I mean? There's a, a lot of topics. That's just one topic, but mm-hmm. The goal is not just to tell, like, say things we disagree with, right? right? The, the The goal is to to live a life honoring to God and to point people to Jesus. Mm. Okay, that's that's our as a Christian, yeah, um, yeah. and we do that in many ways. We use our words, we use our actions, we use our life, we use our love, and we use all the resources that God gave us to do those sort of things. But unless you know what your message is, like, is your core message just to tell? Like, there's plenty of people that just vocalize conservative point of views. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what the, you can just boil it down. That's a conservative point of view. Okay? Right. But that's not like, that's not the goal. Like my wife and I don't, we're, we're not a political platform. We don't intend to just bla- blare out things that are just politically charged. Mm. Like we try and we try and be very careful how we're doing that. Not to avoid hurting people's feelings, mm. but because that's not our core message. And our core message is, well, Christ will change all of those things inside of you. Mm. Right to bring people people to Christ and let Christ affect right. them. Now that doesn't mean I don't say stuff. Sometimes it's in how I say it. It's in how I pursue it. It's in how I approach it. But my goal is not to make people like me. My goal is not to. Remember, I was saying I don't really care yeah. what you think of me. To the extent of, you know, you could have whatever opinion you have about me. But if you got to know me, you would know me. Like going back to what you want. But why do you want people to get to know you? Why does anyone, like if the goal is just to get to know you and be your friend, that's a, a pretty low goal. Right, right. Right? Mm-hmm. Because that tells me that you need those people or I need those people more than I need Christ or more than I need my family. But to empower you and to strengthen you is like you should be so confident in what you know and believe in who you are. Right. That you don't need those relationships. Therefore, you can actually tell complete truth in love and not, pad things or avoid things or beat around the bush because you're afraid of hurting someone's feelings. 
you can actually be confident in what you believe and know how you're going to say it and educate yourself on areas that you're like, you know, I would never, you can't have a conversation on a podcast unless it's with the person you're podcasting. You can't have a conversation necessarily on social media because it's just a bunch of people, you know, throwing up their comments. You can have conversations in person. Mm -hmm. So you have to just understand the locations and what you're doing, but it's got to be true in your home. Like what you want to be, who you are has got to be true there before it's true on your podcast, before it's true with your friends, before it's true in, in the mission field or whatever. Um, and that's, so that's my challenge to you is like, you figure out who you are, just like I have to do. Mm-hmm. Just like any person you ever talk to has to do that to figure out who they are in Christ or who they're not in Christ, right? Mm-hmm. That's the, the basis of like what, where we get to the gospel is like, actually, like we're not, you're not in Christ and this is the result of that. Right, right. And being in Christ, this is the result of that. So, yeah, I don't know. I've, I've, we went on a lot of circular we're going conversations, into, yeah. but it's okay. Mm-hmm. Well, the the one thing that I would say is that I feel like my it's like um, my immediate thought is like I don't want to sound defensive, and because uh, I I don't really have anything to defend, but I would say that I in general I am living a fairly consistent life. My struggle is in. I have an opportunity to grow a, you know, a review software business for mm. dentists. But Sounds I don't awesome. really care about <laughs> I don't really care about that. There's not a right. lot of like it's an opportunity to make money to provide for my family, but then on the other yeah. end, the thing that continues to come up that my wife and I are we're in the process of and we are making we have a website and whatnot, but she and I both since we got married have talked about natural family planning and we go yep. out and do That's awesome. like we speak to engaged couples. So we are very, we go to church weekly. We pray, mm-hmm. you know, in the morning and dinner and yep. all that stuff. Um, I probably need to read the Bible more if I'm being honest or start reading the Bible. Um, but I am, I'm in this conflict of, First of all, I want to, and that's the question about ministry and business. I want to um, pursue uh, what God is calling me to, mm-hmm. but having no idea um, what that actually looks like in, ter- in terms of like a career. So at the moment, I'm kind of doing things in tandem, which is fine for a while. But that's then what we at did. the that, right, right, that's how you have to do it sometimes, and and so there's like a Natalie is the one that really has the knowledge, and I'm kind of the tech one that is figuring out how we disseminate this to reach more people. Yep. Um, but then I am always like for my dental uh, software that I've created, I like there's not really a need to be overly Christian in growing that. You know what I mean? Like Christian yeah. dental review software, like it doesn't, it's not. Uh, Right, and that would you know what I'm saying? I mean, it doesn't I, even make sense. You wouldn't do that, right? That doesn't make sense. And so my the that's I feel like that if that provides any other light on the situation of basically like if I had a the idea or like the um, if it was more clear today, then I would be totally fine with just kind of shutting this down and pursuing this other path aggressively and and trusting God. But I feel like at the moment I'm still like um, in the middle of right. there's not there isn't a ship to jump onto yet. If that makes well, sense. Well, then logic and wisdom would say, don't jump ship. Right, right. Like just logically, mm-hmm. like because the Bible give, it, 
there's not much room for us to when we when we talk about like walking by faith like well i'm just gonna jump in and god's gonna take care of me right that's actually testing god that's right. not how that's not how he's he teaches in, in the word of mm. god yeah like testing god are like hey i don't know how we're gonna make money but we're just gonna do this right and who knows that's not wise so if you have this business that god's given you that mm-hmm. makes money right do it right. do it well because the bible tells us to do everything as unto the lord right right and who know what like it's not christian dental software right right but you're a christian that made dental software and how many engagements and interactions are you going to have throughout the time of you selling it right right lots and you're to be a christian then just like you would be a christian anywhere right right now you know we like to separate ministry like oh well this is a ministry thing over there and uh, this is my work over here no no if you're a christian if you are in the body of christ you are in ministry remember we we're talking about like passive influence and intentional mm-hmm. influence yep so either you're a Christian that's passively thinking that one day you're going to start ministry or you're a Christian recognizing that you actually are actively in ministry. Mm. So the passive side is just being disobedient in reality. Mm. Like I'm not walking the way God's asked me to walk. I'm not, I'm not being the influence in this world that God desires me to be for him. And this isn't like a, a works thing. Like you're like, I need to read the Bible more. Yes, you should read the Bible more. But reading the Bible more isn't going to make you more um, commended to Christ. Mm. You are already fully committed to Christ. You're already fully redeemed by his blood. But the fruit that he wants in our life comes from obedience, comes from walking those things out. So walking in wisdom, the Bible is like full of like how we should walk in wisdom, not just this, you know, whimsical, well, I'm just going to trust God and go over here and do this thing. And who knows? And God's like, I gave you this like business over here to, so you guys can pay your bills. Right. And that your kids can go, you know, be taken care of and have food on the table and that your wife doesn't have to feel like she's, you know, struggling, you know, not being able to pay, you know, rent and pay for groceries. And that's an important thing because our first ministry is in our home. Right. Not my podcast, not my books. That's not our first ministry. My first ministry is my wife and my children and this home. So if it's true here, it can be true elsewhere. Mm. That's what I was getting at with the, like, I'm I'm sure you're, you're, you know, love God and you're going to church and, but you're not reading the word of God. And mm-hmm. so you're, you're recognizing that. And so your kids aren't going to see from you an example of reading the word of God mm. and be, they're going to have the same apprehension you might have. Um, your wife's not being washed in the word because you don't know the word, right? Mm. Those, these are m- core ministries that we have as husbands. Right. 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 Even before you ever sit down and talk with another person about, you know, what, you know, what God says, cause you need to know what God says, right? Mm-hmm. How would you be able to sit with someone who feels Un, you know, not, not confident in their faith. How are you going to sit with someone who's doesn't know what the next step is? How are you going to sit with someone and encourage them in their ministry that they feel like they should, if you don't know where you're at. Right. Right. So going back to that, like, what are you? Right. Who are you? What does God say about you? Cause once you know those things, you can sit with someone as I am with you and say, this is who you are. This is mm-hmm. what God knows, says about you. And this is what God's called you to. Right. And you can say it with confidence and you're not a hypocrite because you're trying to walk it out. Right. You know, as first John says, practicing righteousness right. to practice. I'm like, I'm trying to get better every day. Right. Right. You know, mm-hmm. and there's days that it's better than others and days that it's harder than others. Right. Right. So the, um, St. Thomas Aquinas, there, a previous guest that I had on here brought up a, a really interesting, um, you had uh, St. Thomas Aquinas. Uh, yeah. As a guest? He That's was amazing. awesome. Uh, John Leonetti was a previous guest. He's a Catholic speaker. And um, he mentioned, because obviously the podcast is like, if, if anything, the Pursuit of Purpose title is like a uh, the best uh, 
summary of where I'm at right now. Of just like You're the podcast has no. I honestly I don't even have. It's like I don't even care if the podcast takes off. I really don't because what it's allowing me to do is talk to people that inspire me. And that's then who awesome. knows, maybe someone listens to this episode and they're like, that's yeah, that's awesome. Like, I'm going to go do something different. But they may never listen to another episode. Like, my topics are so random because that's where I feel like my interest is like trying to discover and talk to and figure right. stuff out. So from, Which that, is really cool. from that perspective, yeah. it's like I'm fully aware. Like, the I actually have a podcast for the dental software that's probably the most niche podcast ever. It literally is me interviewing the highest rated dentist and that's it. So like there's only like one type of person that would ever listen to that. And that's a dentist or an office manager for a dentist that wants to figure out how to get reviews. It's like, I don't know if I could have gotten more specific, but it was like my experiment. It's my experiment of like, I wonder if that is going to be helpful in growing that business while at the same time i'm pretty much on this pursuit of purpose podcast the exact opposite no focus random people i've got like you know uh, the leader of like a, a or the founder of like a huge christian relief organization one week and then an 18 year old that does backflips and has like yeah. sixty thousand followers on instagram like there's like no Which is, it's still really cool so i don't want to discourage you from doing it mm-hmm you know, unless the Lord's definitely like telling you that, but right. I, I don't know. I'm just yeah. saying. Oh, um, I guess what I'm saying is I don't know where it's going, but it's intriguing yeah. to me. And it's like something that I invest a small amount of time into. So with that being said, um, the, that I'm trying to think, where was the, where did this question come from? So the, the previous guy that I had on John Leonetti, he said that St. Thomas Aquinas said, as far as like, what's God's purpose for your life is to find a grave need in the world and then look at the talents that God has given you and where those two things intersect, that's the mm-hmm. that's why you were created, is to address that. And so my question is, um, do you feel like for your own ministry, is that, first of all, does that kind of, and I know that's a paraphrasing, I tried to find like yeah. where Thomas Aquinas actually said that, like a succinct quote, and I couldn't find it. But that thought in general, do you agree with that, and do you feel like there is a... Um, that you and Jennifer were kind of like throwing a lot of stuff at the wall to see what stuck, what was like sticking or where the need was, or did you know very early on, like, this is what we're doing? And okay. (laughs) We just started doing, we just started using our, our giftings and talents and resources to do this thing. And it just happened to be around just, you know, it started with just wives and then it was husbands and wives and marriage. And, uh, so no, we, we've never, thought on those terms of like, where's a need that we could fulfill? Like we didn't think that. So but it became that, obvious. I think that, it, it, well, yeah, because it started growing and, and working and we, our passion and desire for it grew. And, mm. um, but even then, like our whole ministry is not just making better marriages. Right. Like that, that isn't our focus. Marriage is the, uh, launching pad for the actual focus which is Christ, which is growing in him, growing closer to God, right? So our devotionals we have, it's, you know, um, growing closer to God and your husband, growing closer to God and your wife. The marriage, it's like um, knowing that our marriages are a crucible, refining us, Mm. but it's refining us for what? Not just to be, we're not becoming better husbands and better wives. That's not the only thing we're becoming. There's a purpose behind why we're becoming a better husband and a better wife based off the Bible. It's so that we can fulfill 
the Great Commission. Go into all the world, preach the gospel, teaching them, or baptizing them in the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I've commanded you. Mm. Right? That, that's the Great Commission. It's not like Jesus isn't sitting up there saying, like, I just want you to have a good marriage. Mm-hmm. I just want you to be a good podcaster. I just want you to do this job well so that people look at you like, oh, look at him. He has a good job. Right, right. No, right. He's, he wants his name spread. Right. And so marriage is just our platform to spread the name of Christ, to, to tell people like, hey, as a husband, you struggle with these things, but you need to lean on God. You need to go to his word. You need to follow what he's said. And the fruit of that's going to be healthier marriage, mm. healthy children that know God, Right. But you, because of that, and it's the whole focus of our marriage after God book. It's not we, we say it's like it's not just about a happy marriage. It's about what your marriage was meant for. Mm. You know, it's what your like you t- you just saying that quote is like you know what is your, what is your natural giftings and talents and where's the need, mm-hmm. right? I I take it f- further because you, we could fulfill all the needs in the world, and everyone still go to hell. Cool, like great, we solved world hunger and people are going to hell. Right, right. Those are great things. Usually. In our faith, those things, just like marriage has, is for us, are the platforms for the message of the gospel. We bring food. Oh, you're eating? Your, your, your physical needs are taken care of? Here's the gospel. You need clothes, okay? You need, you know, healing cancer, like whatever it is. Homeless, um, adoption, uh, fostering, all of these things, these, these good things in the world that our natural giftings, talents, and resources could definitely fulfill mm. is not just to fulfill those needs. Mm. it's so that the name of Christ is proclaimed in the world. So we do those things with the mentality and the message of, but I'm only doing this because of Christ and him crucified. And that's what I want to share with you. So marriage is not our focus. Marriage is our platform that we use to, to get out the message that we focus on. Right. Right. (laughs) If that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Uh, So no, I didn't think that way. Yes, I believe that quote is true, and lots of positive thinkers and lots of um, positive speakers, positivity speakers and inspirational speakers, it, it works. Like, yeah, you can line your giftings up with, your, with, your, with this world need, and there's a passion, and boom, you have you know, amazing things like charity water, and you have amazing things like you know, um, um, mercy ships and all these things. At the end of the day, the only reason for a Christian, we pursue those things because God says, do everything as unto the Lord, Right. So we're doing it for him and it's for his purpose. Like it's not just for the physical needs. It's not just to take care of the homeless and the widow and for the sake of taking care of the homeless and the widow. It's for the sake of the soul. Right. The eternal position. And I, I should say that like the, the, I thought you were, you're, we're heading in the direction that I was hoping that you would go. And that is to me, like I, I believe and I, I agree with that quote, you know, find a grave need. What are your talents? There's your purpose. The problem is I feel like it's not uh, like, yes, it is good if you had uh, like an angel come up to you and say, that's the need, you know, yeah. and, then, and like, but that's the <laughs> like issue is on that, the wall. Like, yeah, here you go. this is what you're going to do. Exactly. Yeah. And so that's lots of needs in the world. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And then I also have lots of talents, you know? And so the thing that is inspiring about what you said, and I'm so glad that you were honest about like, no, we didn't really think that we just were like, yeah, we, we were interested all. in like writing about this. Like your wife started blogging about yep. her experience. And then all of a sudden there was a spark and like someone watched your or read your blog yep. and then they came back and then they told their friends and then other people came and yep. like, there's all that. And that I feel like, with the, like, I think secretly, like, or not secretly, like a sub goal of this podcast is 
first of all, for myself to figure out and kind of document the journey of like, what the hell am I supposed to do in this world? And hopefully, because I know I have a lot of friends and people that are in my situation in life, you know, mid twenties and, or I guess I'm actually getting into later twenties now. Uh, but the, the wanting to do good, wanting to do what I was created for, but I feel like we put too much pressure on trying to find the need instead of just like, are you living a Christian life and doing the things that are, yeah, Yeah. are, if you're utilizing them, then stuff just blossoms and grows out of it that you never would have expected. Yeah. And I feel like that's the, the secret is not like, you know, spend 10 years of your life looking. (laughs) And then when you realize what it is, start working. And you know, like, it's just not, it's not how it works. The, the, I don't know who said the quote, but the journey of a thousand miles starts with the first step. Right. Right. And like I said, all all of these giftings, talents, and resources and, you know, and your relationship with Christ should be first felt in your home. Mm. So think about it as a radiating, uh, you know, like the flower blossoming starts off as a bud, it starts somewhere and then it gets, then it opens. So if it's not true in home, just the thing, like if, if your wife and children are benefiting from your talents, meaning you're not bringing home the bacon, mm-hmm. meaning you're not, they're not ble- being benefited and blessed by your giftings and talents and resources. Why would you give them to someone else? And I'm not, I'm saying this to, like globally, not just you. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and out of that, out of that, the health of that, there's much more freedom because now your wife's going to be like on the same page with you and wanting to be doing stuff with you. And the power of you guys together actually gives you more mm-hmm. than just you trying to do it on your own. Like I'm going to pursue this thing. And my wife's like always pulling me back mm-hmm. because she doesn't mm-hmm. want to do that thing. Or she's over here trying to do her thing and we're pulling against each other. Right. And then using your giftings and talents and resources to, to just pursue career, like doing this dentist thing. Like there's a, there's nothing uncommendable about doing that. That's an amazing thing that you're going to, you have this gifting talent and there's a niche that you're working in and it's, it's going to make money and it's going to be able to support your family. And who knows what kind of ministry individually is going to come out of that with the relationships you make and the people you come in contact with and the, the ones that start to get a scent of your life. Mm. Right. Like you did when you met me that first time, it was a probably smelly one because we're at the gym. Right. Right. But you got to see a little glimpse of who I was in person and reality and like, and now you're learning a lot more about me now. I'm not being different with you now than I would be with anyone else. Right, right. Um, I, and I, I would hope you would know that. Mm-hmm. You, would, you would only know that if you knew me a little bit yeah, later. Yeah, no. But, um, and then what happens is you, you start saying, Lord, just use me. Show me wh- how I can use my gifts and talents and resources today for you. How can my marriage be used for you? How can, my, how can I raise my kids to know you? And then you know what? This podcast like, might be one of those outlets that God uses. If it wasn't this, so Jennifer and I have this marriage after God ministry. If it wasn't this, it would have been something else because our heart has never changed. This just happens to be the thing that God keeps giving to us. Mm. And we're going to be faithful with it. Like he asks us to be with everything he gives us. Right. Right. Faithful with it. So you look at the, the parable of the talents, you know, the master gave one, 10, one, five, one, one. Right. I don't know if you've been given 10 talents, five talents or one talent. Right. Does it matter? No, it doesn't. You're required if you have one or five or 10 to invest it well so that when the master returns, he gets a return for his, his money. Right. So take that into your life. What return are you going to bring to him? What has he given you? How are you going to invest it for him? Right. right. And it's not just for our gain. You know, what's awesome. We get to benefit from the things that we do for God. Sometimes like sometimes we're going to be persecuted. Sometimes we're going to be put in prison like Paul. Right. Mm-hmm. But for the majority, like we get to benefit from the, the blessings of obedience. Mm. 
but it's not just for us. It's for the, like you said, like the book being sold helps the book keep being sold. And so more people can get the book. right? Right. So we get to benefit sometimes from the blessing that God, you know, from the obedience of following God and, and being and investing what he's given us for him. So my thing to you is just invest well, right? Invest in your family first, invest in your, your relationship with God, invest in your children, invest in your neighbors, invest in your fellowship, invest in the world right. for him, not for your own glory, not for your own, right. you know, platform. Those no, things I, come as fruits. Yeah, no, I think that's awesome. The, uh, there was a group in Portland that I was, uh, I still am a part of. I just can't go to their monthly breakfast, but it's called Brothers in Christ. <clears throat> and they, it's a bunch of very um, successful business people in the Portland area oh, and cool. just pastors, is a very diverse group of individuals. And it's, uh, it's a third Lutheran, a third um, uh, Protestant or non-denominational, and then a third Catholic. So it's a really interesting group of... Um, Christians that are coming together. Sounds like awesome conversations come out. Yeah. And so (laughs) the thing is, though, that what I have realized in in going on the, they have a yearly retreat and they, you know, they had like the governor of Oregon come and and talk. Crazy. Like it's the, the people that are there are incredible and they're all pursuing, trying to do God's will. But the thing that I have seen again and again, and not just from this particular group, the number of people and it's stereo well it's men because this is who's in the group it's just a brothers group um but the number of people that have achieved the most amazing worldly success whether that's being governor or um you know an a, attorney general or the ceo of some massive company and then you hear them share their actual testimony or their story and you see how much of a um desolate like destruction that they've left unintentionally which is another thing that's it's not like they entered into these pursuits of greatness thinking like i'm gonna mess up my family in the process but that happens yeah and i think what what again i just am like i love that that's a thing that you keep bringing up is step one your home step one if you that's the foundation no matter what you do you can make a humongous building but if your foundation at home is not prioritized above all else forever, always, eventually, like, you know, there's people that have made hundreds of millions of dollars and now, like, their kids committed suicide or, you know, terrible things happened mm-hmm. because they weren't home. Like, they didn't even know them, you know? And not just not home, but they weren't, their hearts weren't there. Mm-hmm. And their, they didn't see their ministry there. I have a quote in the, in the book, Marriage After God. It says, uh, don't sacrifice your marriage on the altar of ministry. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So when you have your priorities in order, ministry becomes a natural extension. Right. Like external ministry right. becomes a natural extension of the blessing and the and the love and the security that's found at home. Right. Um, and so, yeah, yeah I, I. But you're right. I've seen that my, a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, like and the I, when I've seen success, that, it's like been. I'm grateful for those people that have shared those stories, and I'm sorry for them at the same time, and I pray for yeah. them. But I'm also just like this Warned. enormous beacon of like, you've got a lot of ambition, Chris, and you've got a lot of goals and hopes and things yeah. that you want to do in the world, but do not forget about your first step. You Don't know? neglect it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Well, so, that's cool that you're seeing that because it should be a warning to us. Right. I mean, my wife and I, we're all constantly thinking like, is this going to is this going to hinder our first ministry? Is this going to get in the way of me discipling my children? Is this going to get in the way of you discipling our children? Mm. 
Like yeah. we, we constantly, we've said no to lots of successful things. Right. <clears throat> we've said no to things that would have been really good for us. Right. But we knew that they would have been bad. Right. Yeah. You know, in the long term. Yep. Because they would have taken our focus off where it needed to be. Right. So the last thing we can kind of touch on your book. So you have a book that is coming out in June. Yeah, marriage after God. I've alluded to it a few times. And tell me a little bit more about that. So it's it's the culmination of everything we've done over the last you know ten years, <clears throat> and it's it's an it's encouraging marriages who claim the name of Christ, Christian marriages, to recognize that their marriage is a ministry for God, that it's a symbol to the world, it's a message to the world. And which is why our marriages, our homes need to be organized and, and structured through the word of God and in order. And that our, that we recognize, like we were just talking about, that our marriage is our first ministry. And secondly, our children. And then thirdly, everything else. Hmm. But the whole purpose of the book is to show marriages like, hey, like it's your your point of having a good, healthy marriage and communicating well and loving God well and, and, and serving your wife well and your wife serving you well is not just so that your marriage is good. Mm. Like we were talking, like you don't feed the homeless just so that they can be fed. Right. It's an opportunity for what God actually wants, which is message spread. And so it's, it's a call to arms for Christian marriages around the world to start recognizing that they are in ministry and they do have an influence, whether their influence looks like ours, whether their influence looks like something vastly different. God has given that influence to them. God has given the sphere of people around them. God has given them their unique talents, gifting and the resources as a marriage, as a team, as one to be used to grow his kingdom. Mm. And that's what the book's about. So it's not just another book to help strengthen their marriage. It's a book to say like, well, now that like, once your marriage is strong, what do you do with it? Right. Like, what What's the point? Right. Because there is a point. There's a reason God wants us to be healthy. And it's different and, for everybody, but there is definitely a point well, the, for the, everyone. What it looks, what the ministry looks like is different. The message is the same. Right. And we're all unified in one body. Right. And so that that's what we, that's the book. It gets them to a point at the end of it, be like, oh, this is what God wants to, us to do right. as a marriage. I'll, go, I'll get you a copy. That's awesome. I am curious with the, um, so with, you said it's kind of the culmination of everything that you've done. And you've also mentioned that you've said no to certain things to focus on your family. Do you have like in your time as, um, a married couple, now you have kids and doing this ministry. Um, do you have protected times in your house or like family time, things that you do that are like, Oh yeah. We never like nothing gets in the way of this or this or this. Yeah, I mean we're not that strict, but we have routines. So um, uh, we do Bible time pretty much every day with the family. We get we sit down and we read the Word of God together. Uh, my kids are all young, six, four, two, and uh, six months, mm. and so uh, we read the Word of God to them. We pray with them, uh, and so that's our our main like time that we get together. We. We pray with the kids often. Um, we have family dinner most most nights. Where we, I mean, we do everything together. And then uh, my wife and I, what, the thing that we protect the most is our date nights. Mm. Um, sometimes they're sporadic. Currently they are, but there's there's a date night always on the calendar, so that it's always scheduled. You, right now we're just struggling with finding babysitters. So and how often do you uh, <laughs> every week? Every week. Like I said, some sometimes we we don't. But the fact that it's on the calendar means that it's it's a habit for us, and so every week we're we're we attempt to have a, a date night. What does the date night look like? Uh, often it's, we go to dinner, we talk, 
we use them for, we use it for planning for the future. We use it just to talk about what's been going on in our lives. We talk about our kids. But the main thing is one-on-one time yep. focused without Turn people yelling off. at you, yep. saying I need whatever. Yep. Yeah. And we try and do that and we, it works and it's important because again, we, we see our marriage as our first ministry and we minister to each other that way and spend time with each other and yeah. Thank you so much, Aaron. This has been really, really good. Um, but yeah, I appreciate your time and your willingness to take part in the pursuit of purpose and kind of share your wisdom. And like I said, I think this has been, um, there's a lot of stuff that I, you're like pointing and poking at that I got to unpack now. <laughs> no, which is, which is all good. I'm very grateful. Like I said, for I would do this with anyone. So yeah, no, I think yeah. it's been very, very good. So thank you very much. Yeah. Thanks for having me. And actually, if you could just, uh, how can people reach out to you? What are the best methods of contact uh, to at husband revolution on Instagram at unveiled wife on Instagram and then, uh, marriageaftergod.com. Awesome. Well, thank you very much. Thanks. Thank you for joining us on another episode of The Pursuit of Purpose. As always, you can follow us on Instagram. I try and share little snippets and inspiring um, quotes and whatnot from the episodes that we've done. If you have any questions, suggestions for future episodes, feel free to reach out. You can also peruse my website, chriskiefer.net, where I'm just sharing some of my thoughts and reflections on uh, life in general, business, and these episodes. But I really appreciate your attention, and we'll see you next time. You're listening to the Pursuit of Purpose podcast. Wisdom, stories, and advice from successful entrepreneurs and inspirational people.